There are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently. Document management, printing, IT support, digitization, data security and more. As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs. Saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work from anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk The Go Radio Business Show with Sir Tom Hunter. I think it's one of the boldest budgets I can remember. They're, they're saying the boldest budget since the Thatcher years. And Lord Willie Hockey. I can't believe in your first sentence you mentioned Maggie Thatcher. <laughs> Probably half the <laughs> listeners have switched off now. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions. Tom, good morning. Morning, Willie. Morning. So listen, I have to say this straight away. Last week you said it was the boldest budget in modern times. What have you got to say now after the Armageddon has unfolded? <laughs> I would say a week is a long time in the Go Radio business show. Wow. Really. That's what I would say. Um, I also did say it was a gamble. And um, so let's just have a quiet head. I think when, when all around you are losing their head, the leaders come to the front here, really. So, let's go back. What did we like in the budget? What we liked in the budget last week was the return of NI for employers and employees back to where it was. Yep. That's a positive. Yep. We also liked the energy cap for the consumer and for businesses. Tick the box, right? Those were two good things. I also liked, we didn't get a lot of time to talk about it, but the investment zones, they're talking to 38 local authorities down in England and Wales, right enough, but maybe something will come up here, where there was going to be 100% rates relief, zero NI for the people that you took on in these places, and a fast-track planning to get things done. I think that would really work in Scotland. So those were the the things and those are still good things. Those are still bold things and I like them. Right. Let's get to what everybody is talking about. So it seems to me that it spooked the financial markets because the tax cuts were kind of um, probably at the wrong time. It meant more borrowing for the country and my goodness, even the IMF has said of Britain, they've given us a bit of a wrap over the knuckles. That's usually for developing countries, Willie, not for a G7 nation. So you're right. And what I'd say is, it doesn't actually matter what we think. Although, to be fair, we've been ahead of the curve for the past 12 months in saying, here's what's coming, here's what's coming, right? But the thing that's frightened me the most from the announcement last week to where we are today is, is that the Bank of England made it quite clear, right, that they would only be the bank of last resort, right? And within days, they've had to step in and be forced to buy gilts and bonds. That is scary. How can you yeah. get it so wrong again? This, this is frightening. And when I say that, you know, we can have an opinion, Richie Sunak went round the country and told everybody that was a member of the Conservative Party that this would have been an absolute idiotic thing to do. Senior Tories are lining up 
now, in the last couple of days, to say what is going on here. I've, I've got to be honest with you. I, I think you might have to see the biggest reversal and biggest embarrassment you've ever seen here for a Chancellor. Well, I think, I mean, you'll be very happy. Labour has surged 17 points in the opinion polls. And I must say, I mean, they're actually calling him Kami Quasi now, you know, which is a hell of a thing as your new Chancellor to be called. So I read something from a very distinguished economist who said, what can we do? He's saying we should reverse the tax cuts we should get it back under control and have a, a more standardised look at our borrowing and our tax policy. My goodness. I mean, I don't think they're ever going to reverse it, Willie, because it would make them look incompetent yeah. and they look pretty incompetent, right? Yes. Well, you, you've got to go back again to Lawson when they were chopping and changing every day. Yeah. Every single day, and, and that's what's happening at the moment. But you, you talk about economists, right, that, that are well-respected. Jim O'Neill's been on Bloomberg, I think, every morning this week, right? And Jim Jim's a very good guy, boy for the scheme, done great, top man at Goldman Sachs for 30 years, Yep, ex-director of Man United, and to be fair, since then he came into the House of Lords, he's worked with Labour and he's worked with the Tories, so he's well-respected from everybody. He described the mini-budget yesterday by saying there's only one word to describe it, bonkers. So bonkers. The only bit I would disagree with him on is that part of it has turned out to be bonkers. The other bits which I've talked about at the beginning, those are good things, Willie. But, but Tom, a... they're only good things because they're they're minuscule. I mean, the thirty one the thirty one million people that got the one percent rate are only saving one hundred and fifty seven pound a year. Yeah. Oh, listen for sure, but. We we have talked about on this show that interest rates were going up anyway. Therefore, mortgage rates were going up anyway. What's happened with the unfinanced tax cuts is it's spooked the markets and the mortgage providers have had to pool their products. I've, I've never heard of that before because they cannot offer a mortgage because they don't know how to price it. Now, the fact Tom, is, I, so I in, Tom, I think it's more than that. I think what right. they're doing is you can run in and buy government bonds now. It's giving you a bigger yield than a mortgage and it's safer. So what they've done, and I think what Jim O'Neill was saying is, for 20 years now, the system has been awash with cash. And what yep. they've done in one full swoop with this budget is they've allowed everybody that's got billions just to run to governments, right? And the people, and the reason why the bank have stepped in today you know, huge institutions with billions to invest in government gills and bonds actually demanded that the UK government offered a higher percentage rate for the return. Yep. And, and and listen, there's no there's no doubt about it. But sanity will prevail here. So can the British government afford to borrow all this money to do the tax cuts? The answer is probably not at the price they want to. Therefore, they're going to have to sort that out somehow. But interest rates were on the way up before all of this. This has just exacerbated the situation and caused a mini crisis. But it's going to get sorted out. And I still think the reversal of the NI, 
the energy cap thing is good things and it's good things because it, it lets people know where they are. The thing that they're worrying about now is the price of their mortgage. But frankly, that was going to go up anyway, Willie. Not at the rate that people are seeing at the moment. And and let me let me dwell on that. All the things that have been, all the chat over the last few months about inflation and about the potential of interest rates going up. The normal man and woman in the street would say, oh, yeah, I see that, I see that, right? I can guarantee and I can tell you as a fact, since the mortgage rates went up last week, I can tell you the impact that that's had in retail is huge, huge. Someone who we both know, Jim McGonigal, first-class shop selling furniture, says since that headline hurt the TV two days ago, his shop has been like a morgue, right? Because people are terrified. Anyone with a mortgage last week that cost £800 a month is now paying 1400 Right, so see the one P and all the things we were saying that are good in the budget. People forgot about them, right? Because they don't mean anything to them. In fact, it's that bad, Tom. Nobody's talking about the energy crisis now. It's all now about mortgages. So I understand that, Willie. But putting aside what's happened with the unfinanced tax cuts, interest rates were going up to curb inflation. The whole hard medicine of it is that, yes, interest rates go up, it takes money out the economy, and therefore consumers have less to spend. That's what reduces inflation. That's what economists do. That's what monetary policy is. So I would say, of course, it's hard medicine, and Jim's one of the best retailers I know, but that's what interest rates going up takes money out the pockets and reduces demand and reduces inflation. That's 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 monetary policy. Yeah, yeah, Tom, but we need to tell people the whole picture. What it also does is it causes a, a, a great fall in the value of your assets, right? So there's no doubt that house prices will be affected by this, especially when you can't get mortgages. So we're going to go in a very short period of time when like, there was 100 people trying to buy every house. Now, it doesn't matter how many people want to buy it because they can't get the money. And I think that the reason why I'm saying to you is, is that I believe that they're going to have to revisit this. I think, and I've been talking in the last few weeks about Armageddon. I'm telling you, we're heading there if they don't step up and do something. Yeah, so I, listen, <laughs> things are tough. And of course, if you're Jim running your shop, that's terrible. But that's what was going to happen anyway. Because economists and the standard monetary policy is put interest rates up, it curbs demand, it brings down inflation. Because inflation seen as the terrible thing. And you're right, the value of your assets fall during inflationary times. Yeah. But that's how they deal with it. What's what's happening now is, which is pretty, you know, this is this is temporary that mortgages are out the market. It, it will get fixed. But yeah, over the next couple of years, it's going to be more expensive to get a mortgage There'll be fewer houses sold. and But Armageddon, Willie, oh, goodness, I really hope not. I really hope not. Well, in the past when this happens, Tom, I think the big mistake of last week is you, you're making the point, this was going to happen anyway, OK? So yep. why do you have to address that by giving tax cuts? I I would agree with that point of view, Willie. Um, right. Now, when I, when I see it and it's full light... I would say the tax cuts. I would, I would still be 
taking tax cuts for the lowest earners in the economy, because I think that's only morally right. I would say at the top end, goodness, abolishing that. I was for it at the time, because I think I like putting money in people's hands and deciding how they spend it. But if it means that the country has to borrow more at really inflated interest rates and it spooks the whole market, then that's not a price worth paying. Jim O'Neill said yesterday that the average man and woman and family, every household's been hot with four Exocet missiles in the past four months. So first we had, where are we going with inflation, right? Then we've had the uh, fuel crisis. We've got the cost of living crisis. We've now got what is definitely going to result in is a, 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 you know, a drop in the value of your properties, right? And now we've got maybe the interest rates going to be at the highest that they've been, or they will be at the highest that they've been for at least two decades. And I think, Tom, your point to going last week about the bank were very clever with their PR, you know, leaking out that maybe they were going to lift the rates by 0.75 BPS, right? And yep. now, now let's talk about emergency meetings to lift it by one, 100, right? To lift it by 100 BPS. So there is no easy way out of this, Willie. And what I'm trying to work out, and I don't know if I have worked it out, is cause and effect. So we knew interest rates were rising. We talked about it last week and we both agreed that it wasn't the end of the interest rate rising. So of course that puts your mortgage rate up. Of course that takes money out of the consumer's pockets. Of course that means less money to spend in shops, etc. So all that was going to happen anyway. What's happened here is it sparked a mini crisis. We've got to have cool-headed leadership now because the people in the money markets actually think that the people in charge of Britain don't know what they're doing. And they're right. And maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. <laughs> they're right. And, and I'm saying that it's great if people can tell you up front and you can adjust, right, and address the mistakes that you've made. I've gone as far to say, Tom is that I'm sad to say that the next thing in the chain here will be the unemployment numbers will go up. And that's why I'm saying that they should step in and put their hand up and say that we've got this wrong. But, Willie, what would you do? Because there are certain things which are just going to happen. Because if you want to bring inflation down, you've got to keep putting interest rates up. That's the kind of cause and effect there. Yeah, and that's what you do. What you don't do is take time to give you know, bankers, hundreds of thousands and millions more, or people like me who don't need an extra 55 grand a year, right? So how they've managed to put that into a budget. And and the thing for me, Thomas, is a business show. How could anybody in their right mind say now in reflection, they sent all their foot soldiers out the day after the budget to tell you and keep saying growth, growth is a budget for growth. It is not a budget for growth. Far from it. So what we talked about last week was had they hit the right levers for growth? So I think this was political now that I've had time to think about it. It was about getting Liz Truss in there rather than Rishi Sunak. Rishi Sunak, as you say, was honest yep. with the Tory voters saying, look, this isn't the time. We're, we're going to have to deal with inflation. We're going to have to take some tough medicine and nobody likes that, Willie. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that it was going to happen anyway along the way. There's some tough medicine to take over the next two years, 
but we will get through it. You know, I was I was looking back at um, interest rates. I think I've said it before. When I was starting, I was paying like eighteen percent for the money I borrowed. The average interest rate in the nineteen eighties was twelve percent. My goodness, you know, interest rates today are only only two point two five. That's the Bank of England rate, but they are going to go up. I don't know what they're going to go up to. But I think we've all got used to a low interest rate environment, both as consumers and business leaders. And frankly, we're going to have to change. Tom, you said that maybe it was political. Would you agree then that it's completely backfired? Well, I think what's happened now is um, people are, are looking, because I also saw an opinion poll that put 17% up for Labour. And um, But I also saw an opinion poll that said even Tory voters said, no, that was the wrong move. Um, so it definitely backfired. What do you think of the talk of the return of Boris already? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Boris wouldn't have sorted this, but maybe Rishi Sunak would. And... Um, it just shows you, Willie, that people will say anything to get into power. <laughs> once they're in, once they're in power, yeah. that's when you've really got to make the right decisions. Right. And this has not been the right decision. Now, some of it has been the right decision. Let me, I, I keep going back to say there were some good things in there, but this looks like a howler. Yeah, and I think Tom again. We've mentioned it before, but the main culprit here for me is the Bank of England. Right, we've been talking on this programme for 12 months about how it was wrong that the interest rates had not moved then, right? And the other thing, something that we've been doing over the past 20 years, see when when rates were at 0.25% and people were just giving inflationary rises to people. We, 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 we've been giving our people 2% rises each year when it was at quarter percent. And this is what's making it so bad for the people in the public sector. Right, and and I think that that was a big, big mistake that the people should have been given, experts should have been given guidelines to companies, you know, saying, look, although the interest rates are sitting at this, that one day, if this ever happens, that people are going to be so far behind that you're going to have to give them, you know, substantial rises like the, the, the public sector's workers are looking for at the moment, right? But it's only because that what they've been given over the past 10 years, 15 years was not enough for when this day came. Yeah, for goodness, well, there's no easy answer to that, is there? We are where we are. It's all about the decisions we make today. But goodness me, I know we're going to get through it. I know the hardworking business owners who listen to this show, it's tough times, but this is when the real leaders come to the fore. And there are certain things in your business you can worry about because those are the things you can control. And there are certain things which, even though they're, they're right in the headlines. You can't worry about because you have no control over them. You've just got to buckle down at this time, Willie. You I really think, do. I think you had it in the head, Tom, that this is when good leaders should step up to the plate. And the problem is we don't have any. <laughs> well, not in the political front, Willie. Um, I would agree with that. So what did you think? Do you think Keir Starmer did well? This, this last week at the conference. Yes, think yeah, and I thought Rachel Reeves done very well. Um, right. I thought Anna's done well. Yeah, I thought that obviously Labour, and it was crazy how it was all ruined by one statement, you know, in a fringe meeting. 
when yeah. that became the headline. So that's I'm sure that everybody is raging about that. But um, yeah, which was which was outrageous. But um, no, overall, I think the conference. Some of the commentators that were at the conference said that you know this was the most buoyant conference they've seen for 10, 15 years. So you know, all all good there. And to be fair. With the way things are going at the moment, you know, you know, in some of the polls at the moment, as you say, Labour are well ahead and talking about, you know, 45 seat majorities and what have you. So it'll be interesting to see how the next few months play out. But one thing definitely has happened. If anybody was talking about maybe Liz Trust going to go to the polls early, there's no chance of that now. <laughs> I mean, I always thought she wasn't going to be the Tory leader to lead into the next election anyway. And... Um, if you were to put the money on that today, Willie, I think you, you well, wouldn't get much on. <laughs> I think we've exhausted that now, so let's move on. Okay, okay. Coming next, Hunter and Hockey chat to Liz Cameron, CBE, Director and Chief Executive of the Scottish Chambers of Commerce. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions, helping you with a wide range of business needs. Go there are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently. Document management, printing, IT support, digitization, data security and more. As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs. Saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work from anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk. The Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. This week's special guest is Liz Cameron, CBE, Director and Chief Executive of the Scottish Chambers of Commerce, which represents 30 Chambers of Commerce and over 12,000 businesses. Liz, welcome back. It's been a wee while since you've been on the show. Tell us, what have you been up to? Oh, I've been up to quite a lot, actually, Willie. Um... But you're right, I got my CBE last January. Congratulations. Um, probably, probably, probably my James Hood's in the post and it's coming later. Tom, you know? have a word about that, would you? Yeah, could you could you do something there, Tom, for me, please? Um, uh, but no, delighted to get that. And, and um, obviously it's not just about me, it's about Well deserved. Team. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. If my mother was still alive, she'd probably agree with you. <laughs> but no, um, what have I been up to? Um, well, obviously, I think sort of pre-COVID, let's say, uh, and probably you know, dealing into the post-COVID scenario. I've had a vision for a number of years about Scotland and the excellence that we have in the business community in terms of exporting and importing. And it's been it's been a vision I've had for, for at least six, seven years. And uh, fortunately, the Chamber Network um, uh, bought into that vision. And for the last three years in particular, stroke four years, we've been building up um, both our profile and our connections and our business-to-business support with particularly small and medium-sized businesses looking at identifying new markets. The world is out there for Scottish business. And, you know, I do not accept, there's a phrase that people use to say, uh, Scottish business isn't ambitious enough. Absolute nonsense. I don't buy that, and I I never have. We We are an ambitious nation, and we're great at what we do when we do it well. And really, it's taking those businesses and helping them into markets. So, I mean, where have I been? I've been in, I've been in uh, India. I've been meeting ministers in India, looking at the, the marketplace there. I've been out in China five, four or five times. Wow. Set up two new offices in China. Um, set up an office in um, Houston. 
that Scottish business can go to now. Um, and also um, I had a session with the Hong Kong Scottish business community, which I didn't even know existed. All these Scots all over the world. But the one ambition and the one common focus is how can we help Scotland? How can we help Scottish business? And for me, that's it's more than a delight. It just confirms that, you know, we just need to reach out there. And I was also in, um, I want to look at and have been looking at those markets that, you know, people call in these big fancy glossy reports, emerging markets. And I think, what, what does that actually mean? You know, it usually means that we're at the end of the game when the contracts have all been given. Um, so I'm looking at them just now and um, a, looking at Philippines, I'm looking at Japan. I was out in the Philippines a couple of weeks ago and um, again, I'm meeting you know, all these very important business people, you know, and the presidents of the Filipino uh, big national bank. And my first question is, have you got money to invest? Because if he isn't, he's wasting my time, really. <laughs> we could do him at the moment, Liz. Well, exactly. And, yeah. uh, so, you know, I've made some contacts there. And um, as I say, I'm actually going out to Japan in a couple of weeks' time to focus on that. Um, so I want to look at those emerging markets and take Scottish business, help them, support them, so that we're at the front of that line. Because we cannot just sit here. So, Liz, first of all, I think Scotland's very lucky to have you because you're out there flying the flag for us and making these connections. So, first of all, thank you and well done. Thank you. Secondly, I know it's something you've always been on about is Scottish business has been more export-driven. And, you know, there's always um, threat or opportunity. So just now, because the pound has fallen, um, the opportunity is to export. Um, Scottish companies who do export should be having a better time. Mm -hmm. What do you hear when you're out in these potential export markets? What do they think of Scotland? And what's the tips you could give Scottish businesses to export? Okay, I think that um, a couple of things, it was interesting, there was a group in Scotland, came in Monday, actually, there was about 15, 20 key business people, in fact, two are on the, the, the Forbes listing, um, you know, combined, I mean, I can't remember how many... Tom years. used to be on it. Did he used to? <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Tom, I'll see what I can do and help no, you there. He, Liz, he doesn't talk about it. Does he know? Yeah, no, no. Um, but if you can help me get a mortgage, Liz, just let me know. Oh, that's a wee bit difficult right now. <laughs> Sorry, Liz. It depends on your um, your credit rating, Tom, and I couldn't possibly oh, ask what that, that is. Don't talk about that. Um, but, you know, I'm coming back to that bit of the Pakistan group for a minute, and I'm using it as an example because, you know, we had this discussion about the economy and the, obviously the state we're in just now, you know, inflation, um, rising rates, et cetera, et cetera, all the stuff that, you know, that that's there. And, and, and we talked about, well, is this time to look at exporting? Is there that bit about that opportunity? Um, and, and I think it's probably, it's a double-edged sword because you've got businesses here that I've been talking to over the last week or so that, you know, they signed contracts with exchange rate of X or Y and now they're, they're, they're hurting with the pain of that because they're losing money with their rising supply prices, raw materials, etc. But then there's that bit about even importing costs as well and that's hitting them. But overall, what I am picking up and, and, and what I really, really believe in, and that is that now is the time. Because if we sit and think, well, we can't do it because we've got problems with interest rates, whether it's importing, whether it's in particular countries exporting. Um, if we sit and just do nothing, 
then quite frankly, we're missing so much opportunity. Now is the time, and we talked about, you know, we talk about business leadership. Scotland has got business leaders and some fabulous wins. I don't know whether you and Willie come into that category or not, but... Um, no, we're working on it. We're working don't on worry, it. I'll, I'll, I'll help you guys. Um, I'll help you guys to see what you <laughs> can do. That would be wonderful. Um, but, you know, there is leadership there, and, and I think now more than ever is a time for people like you, Tom, like you, Willie, like me in the, the, the role that I play, to really step up and actually support small businesses to go and make it happen. Hey, can I come in on that? You can. Right. This is a serious point that I want you to put out there, right? There's three people on this programme this morning yes. that really care about Scotland and really care about Scotland's people. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to send a message to the First Minister today. See, during these trying times, can we put everything aside, forget what we think on the constitutional issue, right? We would love to help in any way that we can to get us through these problems. So please get engaged with anybody of all persuasions, whatever you want to do, if they've got something to add to it. I just get the feeling that over the years when me and Tom have been involved in think tanks, whatever, nothing's happened. Right, it's interesting to see there's another think tank getting put together this week again to look at skills development Scotland and the council of funding for you. This was the Ian Woods group, you know, 10 years ago. Me and Tom, we saw Robert, you know, all those years ago. And what I'm saying is, here's a message for people we are passionate about this country who'd love to do their bit to help. Nicola, you know where we are. I absolutely agree with that, Willie. And, and it's, I say, I'm obviously in my role as Scottish James, I am apolitical. Yeah. Having said that, now is the time where you absolutely agree, get politics out of the way. I'm not interested in it right now. We've got a crisis in our hand yeah. and we've got a massive opportunity. And I actually think now's the time where you take the sprinkling of you and Tom and, 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 and others. And you know what? I'm at a stage now where I'm saying, we have just got to get on with it now. Um, you know, it can, it can have tanks that think to whenever. Um, yeah. And that will, you know, that's a process that individuals believe will deliver. Um, I'm not sure whether that will deliver what we need quick enough and fast enough. And that's where I'm now at a stage where, even in my new international stuff, I'm going direct to business, I'm going direct to others. Now, government are a partner with me in some of my international trade work. So that's good because there's that trust and they've given me the space to innovate because I don't operate well when people put reins on me because I, I just, yeah. you know, it hurts me. Yeah. And I just don't like it, you know, and I, and I don't, I'm not my best when we do that. So that... For, for me, you're absolutely right, saying to um, First Minister and all the other political leaders and say, you know what, you focus on what you need to do, i.e. we want the cost of business to be reduced. We want support in the environment so that we can invest. But let us do that. Get off the park in areas that you don't have the expertise in. Yeah. And bring yeah. us in yeah. when you're at an early, if you've got a challenge or a problem, yeah. bring us in. Me and Tom have been talking about this for you months know. and months and months, right? So at the moment, everybody's in a downer because all the indicators are saying that yeah. we should be there. Yeah. We believe that Scotland played, you know, an unbelievable role in the Industrial Revolution, right? Absolutely. And now, you use the word environment, 
I honestly believe that Scotland is in the absolute perfect position to lead the world in attacking climate change. Oh, absolutely. Right? So when it comes to all the problems we've got with energy, if you can get enough clever people in a room at the moment, most of the stuff will be rubbish, it'll be thrown in the bin. That's right. But clever people always will come up with nuggets. And if you've got entrepreneurs leading that, I think Scotland could actually, you know, be at the forefront of leading this whole uh, revolution. Like that, that that excites me because it's it's spot on. And, you know, let us do that. You know, yeah. so, give us so, that opportunity to do it. Tom? So this is, this is good, Willie. You're being positive for a change, which is good. And, it's because um, I'm here, Tom. Tom, I'm I just know, delighted when Liz says are, about sprinkling the dust, she didn't up, say stardust because your heat's big enough. Thank goodness you're cheering them up because he's right on misery guts this week. Um, <laughs> no, it's no, no. But just to give the listeners a wee bit of comfort, this week I have spent a lot of my time doing things, <laughs> not yeah. just talking about it. So I've been to the Scottish Edge board um, led by the wonderful Evelyn MacDonald mm -hmm. and the competition for the next round is fully... Um, it's it's going to be the biggest round ever, I think. And the Go Radio Business Show is going to come live from the finals at RBS at Gogerburn. Yeah. So that's happening. I then went from there and we're talking about the scale-up um, 2.0, which the Hunter Foundation is doing with the Scottish National Investment Bank. And we spent the evening with um, the board um, having the a board dinner led by Willie Watt and the quality of people around that board table. Mm. Willie, I must tell you, it was fantastic. And I drove home from Edinburgh that night thinking, my goodness, that's in good hands and things are actually happening. We're not just talking about things, we're actually getting things done. I only check so, my letterbox. I never got the invite to that one. Do you know, no. <laughs> do you know, Willie, that's funny. I was just sitting here thinking the same and I thought, I don't remember getting invited when he said about all these... No key people. I've been building up this Willie Watt every week on this show. Where I see him, you know, I, I don't know what's happened. There must be a, there must be another tear, Willie. That you, perhaps we are. It, it's, it's good listening to that, Tom. You're absolutely right. And, and I say we're, you know, some people out there think, oh my God, they're all positive bunnies in there. You know, do they realise what's happening out there? We do. Um, yes, of course we do. But, but um, we need when we talk about that that that, that issue about driving forward and because at the end of the day why are we all in business it's to create wealth and it's to actually get jobs and and help families and communities yep. so that they can thrive you know that's the way i look at business anyway other people might have a, a different view but that's the drive that's the values that that, that i think my, my mother instilled in me and i instill in every employee i've got as well but some of the positiveness and, and i went just you know you're talking about different things there tom so i'll you know um in, in total terms, in, in, in the last two years, through that international work, we've managed to get signed over twenty million pounds worth of contracts. Wow. That's hard. That's that's hard yeah. stuff. Yeah. The stuff that we that, that we like, you know. And I've signed something like twenty twenty nine country to country agreements. The big the big problem for me now is what I'm going to do with the twenty nine countries. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, any help would be greatly uh, appreciated. Let's tell us a wee story about your trip to Dubai. 
on my wee trip to Dubai. I've got to tell you about this, right? So, you know, Tom, you mentioned uh, I do always wear the, the you know, I fly the Scottish flag. Always. Um, et cetera, et cetera. So this big issue, Dubai Expo, this was um, something, it was in November last year. And um, was it November, December? And um, this was a sort of where you had over 190-odd countries all coming into Dubai. Now, I thought, right, I can just go there all these trade houses, and I'll just go sell my wares. I'll just go sell Scotland and get some business-to-business contacts and, you know, a quick, efficient way of doing it. And it coincided with the International Trade, uh, International Chambers Conference. So anyway, all these countries were all sitting there in this this big conference. And the usual, you know, these big trade international conferences were all sitting there. And, of course, my colleagues from British Chambers were there, you know, and um, competition's wonderful. Yeah. That's what I believe. So I saw on the programme that we're going to have a meeting with the president of the Dubai Chamber, who was like Mr God, you know, he's, he's a very important person. <laughs> and um, so anyway, we're sitting there and um, of course he comes in and the entourage with him was about 40 people all around him and I'm sitting in the middle of this room with thousands of people and I'm looking, I'm thinking, we had difficulty, nobody would come back to us with a meeting date. And I wanted to make sure that I was signing an agreement with them for Scotland. And... <laughs> And um, I thought, what am I going to do here? <laughs> so it was, you know, the, the bit where someone's just come off the stage in these big conferences and it, it's between the darkness and the light coming. <laughs> and, I could, and I could see him and I'm thinking, now I'm shy and reserved, as you've probably gathered. Uh-huh. So yes, you tripped but, him. And I thought, <laughs> I couldn't possibly go up. I just, like, I thought, let's come on, that's a bit forward. And before I knew it, my legs were moving <laughs> across, <laughs> across this conference hall. And, uh, and I thought, what do you do if he walks away in the other direction? You know, you've, we've all been in that position thinking, here I'm coming. And I thought, what if he walks away? I'll look really quite stupid in the middle of this room. Fortunately, he didn't. And I just passed all these security people. And I says, good morning. I'm Liz Cameron from Scotland. And it was kind of... Yeah. And I actually could hear these words coming out thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> and, um, and he turned. He was very pleasant. I said, I'm looking to get a meeting set up with you. I said, we're looking to sign a trade agreement between Scotland and the Arab Emirates. I said, so we seem to be having a problem in a block. (laughs) Smiling all the way. And he said, that's not an issue. Leave it with me. So, you know, within two days, I had the meeting. There we were all set up. And it was interesting because, yes, we are going to we are going to sign, but it's going to be focused on what we're going to do. Not just a signing, you know, let's have a nice wee signing agreement. What does it mean? And it was yeah. an interesting message because I actually said to him, I want to identify two or three things that you want from us and we're comfortable we can supply to you. I said, otherwise, what's the point? Brilliant. Brilliant. And, he said, and, he, and he turned and he said, um, can I be honest? Like, so I'm thinking. And I was <laughs> the only, funny enough, I was the only woman around the table. Don't know why. Yes, right. Um, it just dawned on me, you know, halfway through the meeting. And, um, and I sort of looked at him and I said, yes, what is it? And he said, um, I actually do not know what Scotland has to offer. Oh. And that is the third time internationally I've heard that at a very high level. And I sat there and I looked and I said, point taken. He said, I know you do salmon. I know you do whiskey. All the great stuff, you know, you're good in the food and drink. What else? And, you know, that's a message that we need to take on board. Yep. And I was actually, when I was in the Philippines, I'm, I'm diversifying years ago, never going to get me shut up now, Tom, but I diversifying <laughs> because I was speaking to the, the New Zealand ambassador to the Philippines and I said, tell me about your message because they've grown it well with their lamb. 
Yeah. And, and, and you know, I said, you know, I said, please be critical. I said, but I'm looking for feedback. What do you think of Scotland's message? And, you know, and he was, he was uh, constructive, yeah. can I just uh-huh. say? Yeah. And I agreed with everything. That's a message we've got to take and do something with. Well, there's no way he never told you. And this what? is a fact. What? That they actually own three quarters of all the farms in New Zealand. Dubai. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that, yes. actually. Yes. Well, so, you've actually, you're quite, yeah, quite there you go. So, so he could have said, I can, he, could, he could actually so be telling you, selling you some stuff in New Zealand. It might have been, I actually right. never thought in that. But it was, you know, it's stuff like that. You come away, you know, and we all talk about, you've got to have yeah. fun as well. So with your broad Glasgow accent, did you go up and address him and say, Salam alaikum, big man? <laughs> What do you mean with my broad Glasgow accent? I don't know what you mean, Willie. This is my posh oh, central belt accent that I'm putting on I here. think after my two and a half years working in the Middle East, I don't <laughs> think I'm going to get back in after that you one. Know, <laughs> I, I might be able to get you back Let's in. get back serious. Yeah. What, what are your... Mem- I mean, I know you've been globetrotting, and I never called it junkets. Um, <laughs> what, what, what are your members saying? Are they worried about where things are at the moment in the economy? Obviously, yes, yes. There's um, there's there's some business depending on which sector you're in. Actually, Willie, it's quite interesting what size of business you've got and where your your whole business model is. But yeah, I think that the, the whether you agree or disagree with the direction that the chancellor's taken, and we've got IMF coming out, yeah. you know, absolutely saying that we're going in the wrong direction. Um, and you've got others that are saying, well, you know, it's a big gamble. So let's wait and see. Are we looking at you know medium to long term issues here? Um, are the levers that's been pulled are they the right ones? You know, and I, I was I was interested because there's, you know, people like, like you and Tom at that very high level. You know, I I aspire to be there in the the the, the income tax levels. You know, Aye, right, it's, it's not that good up here. But, don't aspire uh, to have. Well, it's not that good down here either. <laughs> but no, on a, on a serious note, that um, you know, there 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 are issues whether you know was that was that the right lever, and um. It's 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 hard because we're going we're in pain now yeah. we're in a lot of pain. Um, we're going to see we're going to see even before that announcement we are going to see we're still looking at some businesses are not going to survive this. I, I got another shock, Tom. Yesterday, um, I thought we we're over the worst of it in relation to supplying materials. Mm. We got uh, a note yesterday from our brick supplier for right telling us that prices were up twenty eight percent. That's right. Yesterday, wow. I thought we were over the worst of it. I thought we were stop getting these calls, and right. and bricks a huge part of what we are doing. Right, we're buying twelve million for the first development. So really, I, I think that, and that's for the first time, where I said to my guys, we need to have a meeting to talk about this next week. No, it's. I mean, I'm, I'm not an economist, but I actually have said it was months ago. Actually, you know, we talk about you know where we're at pre-COVID, then COVID, and then Brexit, and then the energy uh, prices going up, etc. And I actually said. The next six to nine months is going to be hell on wheels. Yeah, it really is. And that's why I'm saying, that, you know, the, the sad part of all this is there are businesses that will not make it. Yeah. And you know, so what are we going to do to help those businesses? We can't just say, well, that's it. You know, they're not in the category of growth. Um, they're not in the category of X, Y, and Z. Yet we've got to focus on them. But we've also got, a, I think, an obligation that some of these guys and gals that have set up businesses and 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 will go out of business through no fault of their own, what are we going to do to help support them? I, I think that's a, a question that's still remaining unanswered. Whether it's, you know, you're talking about this skills review, et cetera, you know, I'm thinking, right, okay then. Um, it, what, what does that actually mean? Because we've got, it's not, it's not just a skills shortage here, it's a labour market supply issue. 
Yeah. And I'm sitting with the Pakistanis on Monday saying, they've got all these people, 65% of their population is under 29. I'm thinking, wow. God, so, yeah. 65% wow. of ours is over 60, you know? Yes. That, you know, and, the, and, and what they've got, it wasn't a market, I must admit, that jumped up and bit me and said, come look at us. But having taken, you know, you know, three, four hours out of it, I learned a lot. Yep. And uh, it's what it's, it's the prioritisation now, though, because it is hard out here. And to see whether this direction of travel works or not, I think it's we're going to have to wait and see. But a positive, I like the investment zones. I want to do some of them in Scotland. Yeah, good. I actually, I actually suggested. Can you give us any insight, Liz? Has there been any talk in Scotland how they're going to follow up and what they're doing in England? Uh, I think that what's going to happen next is they don't want to repeat. Um, the issue with the delay in our green port stroke free ports, because I was on that um, a, a long time to persuade Scotland to go for it in the first place. So everybody's working on that in the Eurovision bid. Is that what, is that what we're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought the Eurovision bid until the, the last few days, which was, is great. We're in the last great two. Great for Glasgow and great for Scotland. Fantastic. I hope Isn't we it? Absolutely. I, I'm probably going to actually probably go and apply because I'm a I'm a really got a lot. I've got other talents that, that, that <laughs> probably come into this. Um, but anyway, um, no, and I know that I understand that that discussion um, will start in terms of what will an investment zone or zones look like in Scotland. Yeah. But I actually made the point when we're having the debate about free ports and green ports and then politics getting in the way, I actually said, you know what? I says, we used to have, and you two guys will remember it because you're as young as I am, and that was that we we remember all the enterprise zones yes. and whatever. Yeah. Yes, and, yes. And I thought, you know what? If we could, if we were only going to get one free port, then would the government look at what can we do to create enterprise or investment zones? And I remember I'm discussing with a UK government guy about can somebody help me? What does this look like, and what could be put in the pot? Because I'm looking at what powers the Scottish government have, yeah. And could we do something um, in certain parts of Scotland? And I'm still of that view because all these bids are in. We're due a decision, I think, next week on it. Yeah. Here's one thing we could do. Yes. And Tom will remember this is one of the best initiatives ever. Let's have enterprise zones, but let's also bring back EIS. Yes. Right? Yes. EIS. Yes, yes, yes. And you can help every startup business. That's right. We would be piling up to put money in. So, oh right? And if Scotland is not going to right to do that just now, back to our offer to the First Minister, get us to lobby, we'll lobby exactly. up, and I'll be up in the House of Lords shouting for it. Exactly. If you don't want to do it in the UK, we'll certainly do it in Scotland. I know. One of the best initiatives ever. Do you know what it is? And there's a view, though, that they didn't work in Scotland. Um, I understand that view, but I'll come back on it and see, but did we do it well enough? The reason why it didn't work the last time was because exactly as we've just said, people seen it as an English initiative. Ah, right? So get, now we should be that. leading the way. We oh. should be leading the way. And, 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 and that bit about... And it's not just looking at England and the United Kingdom. This is looking at... We're in a global marketplace... People are now on, onshoring and bringing more onshoring. It's going to be a big challenge. So we have got to come up with some magic. Tom, what do you think about EIS? So I, I'm not sure of the rules, Willie. The, the EIS, when I read the budget in a bit more detail last week, is is continuing. But is that only an English thing, Willie? Well, way back in the day, it was. you could have it up. I had it, I had two or three. So what right. happens with an EIS is, is that you get tax relief, mm -hmm. right? Uh -huh. So tax is based, if you help a startup business and you invest money in it, if right. you get an exit for that business, you only paid 10% tax. 
I right? see. And people but, were but queuing up to put is money... Is it not available in Scotland, Willie? I, well, I, mean, it is, I don't know. Is, I if it is, it's not been talked about for years and years. It's not right. been a big, big thing. Mm -hmm. So Well, we can, we can check that. Right. We could check that. We could Scottify it. And Absolutely. Let's, let, let's get excited. Let's make it part of our whole Scotland at the forefront of yes. the, the next industrial revolution. Liz, it's a pleasure to have you back. You've brightened up the show this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you yes. for the opportunity. Liz, Let's keep flying the flag for Scotland. You're a national treasure. Oh, yep. that's lovely. Thank you. I'll need to come back for these compliments. I don't get any this year. <laughs> Thank been, over, you. been over another two years. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to both of you. Thanks, Liz. Thank you, Liz. Coming next on Hunter and Hockey, the boards you can't afford. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions, providing secure archive storage to your business. Go there are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently. Document management, printing, IT support, digitization, data security and more. As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs. Saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work from anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk the board you can't afford. This is the Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. Hi, Peter. It's Willie Hockey. Thanks very much for calling in this morning. Not at all. It's great to be on the show. Good, good. Would you like to tell us a wee bit about yourself and the business? Give it a wee plug. Of course, that'd be absolutely great. So I'm the co-owner of Archer Opticians and we're a, an independent opticians uh, based in the west coast of Scotland. We've got practices in Ayrshire, uh, Dumfries and Galloway, Lanarkshire uh, and um, also just one uh, in Glasgow as well. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the kind of the nature of us. We we aim at the community aspect of of what we do in eye care, very much uh, market towns, coastal towns, and community is really important to us. So looking after people, really from cradle to the grave, and um, looking after the whole family is what's really important to us. Um, and that can be through to designer frames, it can be referrals for private services, and, and everything in between as well. Brilliant, Peter. So what's your question? So my question is, we entered the pandemic with four practices and um, since that time we've grown to 11 practices now and that's been done mainly through acquisition. So we've obviously had organic growth within, within the business but most of our growth has come through acquiring practices. Um, yourself and, and Tom have obviously done a lot of acquiring um, over your kind of business career and there's probably two areas to, to my question. Um, I think, first of all, what have been your positive experiences in acquiring and integrating those businesses into, into your existing business and why? And, and is there also a, a more negative experience that you've maybe had in acquiring? And, and what happened and what did you learn from that? Well, Tom's nodding. I've probably done more of this than Tom, so I'm probably in a better position, especially in the integration yeah. question. So over the years, um, yeah, we've acquired a few smaller companies and obviously Tupi is a great thing and it helps greatly. You know, so we, the staff, most of the staff have all came with the acquisitions. Yep. Um, I would say that mostly it's been a pleasant experience. Um, and I think that, I, I've never said that if it wasn't for Tupi, we could not have grown the way that we have grown 
Probably yep. know you might think the same as yourself over that short period of time. So integration is, is important. And and I think the number one thing about part of the integration is, is that, that the people that you're bringing on board, that they understand your culture. Of course. More than your business, right? And they fit the culture. They understand what the business stands for and what it's all about. And I would spend a lot of time with, with the people that we brought on board to make sure that, you know, that we're a first name term business that although we're a big business we're still a family business and the yep. most important thing is in integration is is that you get the message across to the people that they're much more than just a worker that you care about them yes right yes, and that's, absolutely. that's vital and and hopefully you know that the company that worked for previously it was a pleasant experience but in some cases it's not so you want to make sure that they think mm -hmm. that working for you will be will be you know a, a pleasant experience and, yep. and here is a business that, that cares about its employees on on the negative side is is yep. that unfortunately that you will find people who are who might have been really happy with the previous owners and they were just on a downer from the start that the business has been sold. Yep. Right. And what you, unfortunately, that you have to find, you have to seek out that negativity and because you can't let that permeate through the business. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, sometimes it means that people don't want, it's not the right thing for the people to stay in the business. And I think what you have to, you just have to be bold enough to say yep. to people, look, if the only reason you work for us is because you get paid at the end of the month, come and have a wee chat with us and we'll try and help you look for another job. Yep, right? yep. And, and that's it. But I think that the two things about, uh, you know, integration especially, is at the end of that period, and sometimes, depending on this, how many people that you're bringing on board, it can take weeks, it can mm -hmm. take months, but the one thing I would definitely um, say is that, that you want to know that everybody that is joining the business have met you. Yes. Right, yeah. they've met you, they know who you are, they're happy to call you by your first name and they know that your door is always open in case, yep. that, you know, things are, are not right with them. Yep. Great, thanks Willie. You're welcome. Well, thanks, thanks for calling in and uh, keep in touch and let us know how you're doing but good luck with the expansion. No, I really appreciate that and I think the point on culture really resonates. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we would consider ourselves a values-driven business. So I think that point you've made there, uh, Willie, is really important. So, yeah, no, thanks for that that advice. Really, really appreciate it. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Brilliant. Thanks, Willie. Cheers. Bye-bye. Listen to Hunter and Hockey anywhere, anytime, wherever you get your podcasts. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions. Helping your business with document management, print and IT solutions.